0: Hello, I'm Conor Pope and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, what's going on with Facebook? The social media giant is making headlines again and not in ways it likes. Can it repair the damage this time and can it reinvent itself? This week will be a big week for Facebook with a massive shake-up coming down the tracks. It will get a new name. Facebook reportedly set to change its corporate name. And maybe even a new world in which to do business. You know,
1: the metaverse
0: is a vision
1: that spans many companies, the the whole industry. I mean, you you can kind of think about it as successor to the, the mobile internet.
0: But while Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook will focus on the good news this week, there are other voices making themselves heard. The storm clouds are gathering and the news there isn't quite so good.
2: Almost no one outside of Facebook knows what happens inside of Facebook. The company intentionally hides vital information from the public, from the US government and from governments around the world.
0: Kira O'Brien is a technology journalist with the Irish Times and she's been following the Facebook story almost since the start. Kira, first off, Facebook has rarely been far from the news headlines over the past 15 years or so, but it's likely to make some big splashes this week. What's going on?
3: Well, there there are a couple of things going on. First off is the rumours of a Facebook rebrand. And there's talk of the company basically rebranding itself because it wants to concentrate on the metaverse. I don't think Facebook itself as a brand is going anywhere. It is more than likely something like what Google did a while ago, uh, where it rebranded as Alphabet. People still refer to it as Google. We all get very confused when people talk about Alphabet because we all know Google. But basically what, what Google, Google thinking behind that was, they're no longer just a search company. They're, uh, they do all these different functions. So they wanted to rebrand to reflect that. So Google is now just one of the brands that sits within the Alphabet umbrella. So it's likely that Facebook will be the same because you think about it, you think about Facebook, you've got Oculus, you've got WhatsApp, and you've got Instagram. There's all these different brands that sit underneath this Facebook umbrella. Now they want to to rebrand to become this metaverse company.
0: Okay, metaverse. What on earth is a metaverse?
3: So this is the next phase of the internet. And it's probably where this is where Facebook is going. And they're not the only company that are are talking about it. It's popped up a few times since, you know, if you've watched a few sci-fi films, you'll see this kind of idea of, you know, people interacting with, with each other in a digital world. I think Mark Zuckerberg was talking about a few months ago, and he was basically using the analogy of instead of of a Zoom call with a grid of all these faces looking at you, uh, you'll have avatars that interact with each other. So I, instead of talking to you on a a screen through Zoom, I will be sitting on your virtual sofa, having a chat with you, person to digital person.
1: You can kind of think about the metaverse as an embodied internet, right? where instead of just viewing content, you are in it and you, you feel present. Uh, with other people, it, like, as if you're in other places, having different experiences that you you couldn't necessarily do on on um, you know a two D app or, or web page, like dancing, you know, for example.
3: So that's the the likelihood of of the future of the internet. And look, Facebook is not the only company that are talking about doing it. There's an Irish company, Immersive VR, that are talking about doing something similar, and they're actually starting to build it. So. The way their, their, their main guy put it to me was, you know, you'd have all these uh, virtual worlds and you would have parts of it that would be open to the public, kind of like a lobby area. And then you'd need uh, sort of a, a authentication, say, like if you're walking into a building, you know, you can get into the, the reception area, but you can't get further than that without um, an ID card or a, a way of basically getting up into the lift. You know, so it's kind of like instead of oh, walking yeah. into the Irish Times and going straight to the seventh floor, you know, you'd just be able to get into certain areas.
0: Quite apart from the metaverse, how's Facebook doing? Is it still as popular as it was? And is the reluctance of a lot of younger people to use that social network a problem or a concern for the company?
3: Facebook has somewhere in the it's just under three billion users. I think it's like two point eight something billion active monthly users. So if you log in once a month, that's you're counted among those people. It still has like one point eight billion billion daily users, um, which is probably a bit more uh, shocking to me because, you know, the amount of people who I know who have said they are sick to the back teeth of the privacy scandals, this, you know, all the the different scandals that have come up in recent years and they are getting rid of their Facebook accounts. I think it's kind of harder than people realise to actually disconnect from Facebook, which is another topic altogether, because so many people have used Facebook for logging into different services. And I think that may have been brought home fairly recently when we had the outage at the start of October where Facebook, all Facebook properties went down for uh, five and a half, six hours. Last night, Facebook,
0: WhatsApp and Instagram, all owned by the same company, were knocked out for over six
3: hours by a worldwide outage and billions of people around the world couldn't use their social media accounts, disrupting businesses. And when they did, people found you know, if they'd used Facebook to log into their Spotify account, they found can't get into Spotify because, you know, you can't use Facebook's authentication system because everything in Facebook is down. People can kind of say, well, I, I want to get rid of Facebook. I don't use Facebook. But yet they use WhatsApp and they use Instagram, which are both Facebook companies, or they have an Oculus account, which means you still have a Facebook account. So I think I suppose it doesn't have as good a reputation as it would have had you know people when people saw it as a good thing but now I think the kind of the shine has come off Facebook a lot and it's been a maybe a five or six year decline for a lot of people I don't think that Facebook is is massively Concerned. I mean, obviously, you know, any kind of reduction in users and the, the idea that Facebook is no longer cool. I mean, this happens to every single tech brand. There was talk of it happening with the iPhone. You know, how cool is your iPhone when your dad has one? It's just one of those things. They, they, these tech companies, they start off as the upstart, the, the, the plucky upstart that everybody wants to kind of either see succeed or grind down into the dust. And then they become the big company and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, you know, they're the ones doing the the grinding down of companies. It's inevitable, but whether or not it will mean the end of Facebook, I mean, there's been so many predictions of the death of Facebook and and we're still talking about it. So I'm very wary of saying this is the end of Facebook.
0: So you don't see it as being another Bebo or another MySpace or another Friends Reunited?
3: No, it's already outlasted all those, I think. Big time. You know, I mean, mean, people, as I've said before, people still kind of sometimes tend to see Mark Zuckerberg as, you know, the kid in the hoodie. You know, he runs Mm. a multi-billion dollar corporation and it has been around for, think about like, you're gone early 2000s, so 2004, when Facebook was kind of out there, you know, we're now in 2021 going into 2022, you know, that's 17 years.
0: It's ancient in, in, in tech terms.
3: It is a tech teenager, you know. It's-
0: <laughs> now, it's, all, it's a tech teenager, but it's obviously a hugely controversial tech teenager and it's a huge, hugely controversial operation. It's arguably reshaped global politics. There's its failure to prevent hate speech on its platform and the loose relationship some of the content on Facebook has with the truth. It's also been called a threat to democracy. What impact have all of these different scandals had on Facebook's standing and its reputation?
3: I think the scandals over the years have definitely damaged Facebook's reputation and for most people I think you can trace that downward spiral to the Cambridge Analytica incident.
1: So this was a major breach of trust and and I'm really sorry that this
3: happened. Just to quickly recap in case anybody's lost track of it because there have been so many controversies linked to Facebook. Cambridge Analytica was a consulting firm and back in the early part of the last decade it worked with a researcher to gather data on millions of Facebook profiles and it used one of those terrible quizzes that people seem to think it's a good idea to to, to fill out and then it used it to target political ads at people and the data was basically collected through an app called This Is Your Digital Life.
0: They had apps on Facebook that were given special permission to harvest data not from just the person who used the app or joined the app but also it would then go into their entire friend network and pull out all of the friends' data as well. So if, if one person, if you joined the app, I would not just see your Facebook profile, I would see all of the Facebook profiles of everybody that you're friends with.
3: It was designed to build psychological profiles on users, and it emerged that up to 87 million profiles that had data harvested.
1: You know, We have a basic responsibility to protect people's data, and if we can't do that, then, then we don't Uh, deserve to have the opportunity to serve people
3: that data was then used to help with the presidential campaigns in 2016 i think most notably with donald trump and i think ted cruz as well now all this didn't come out till 2018 and it's been a bit of a rough ride for facebook ever since and the repercussions of that scandal are still continuing even up to now and it's now subject of a court case in the u.s and that mark zuckerberg has just been added to But it's not the only thing. I mean, look, there's been studies going back to 2011 that noted the addictiveness of social media. Some were comparing it even then to tobacco and alcohol in terms of how difficult it was to quit it. Since then, Facebook has obviously been associated with a lot more scandals, the privacy of users and the leaking of data. In 2018, even the UN had warned that Facebook's platform was contributing to the spread of hate speech and violence in Myanmar.
2: The social media site has been used to incite violence against Rohingya refugees living in the country's Rakhine state. Myanmar's Buddhist-led military launched a brutal... So I think, on- yes,
3: it's definitely damaged Facebook standing. I mean, the, the company has been brought before committees in the U.S. more times than they'd like. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon because look, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a technology platform that dev- depends on user-generated content and human nature being what it is. We're not always nice about things. So I think unless they they institute some serious lockdown policies and and crack down on on all sorts of content, we're still going to be having these conversations. I mean, we've been having these conversations for years at this point. We'll still be having them, I think, in a few years' time.
0: One thing that we've seen emerge during the pandemic has been the spread of disinformation about vaccines and COVID on the internet. How has Facebook dealt with the anti-vax campaigns and COVID disinformation
3: on the platform? Well, you know, look, they, they did start to take stuff down um, and they have taken a lot of content down and they do, they, like every other social media platform out there, anytime you mention something about COVID, it comes with this, as soon as it picks up that word COVID, it comes with this little hmm. label across the yeah. bottom that directs you towards the more reliable sources of information rather than, you know, that guy who has a Facebook page who once did a science class.
0: But sure, does anyone care about that?
3: No, that's the thing. I mean, like, I've seen so, the, the, the problem is, is that, look, it takes, there's a grain of truth in some stuff, you know, so there might be a study that has a, a grain of truth that's been blown out of all proportion. And before you know it, you know, you see all these, these fact checking things on Facebook. It's like whack-a-mole. You can get rid of all these Facebook pages that are promoting conspiracy theories about vaccines and and, and COVID promoting misinformation, but then like 10 more spring up to take their place. At the end of the day, right, today alone, I had two posts tag me in one of these fake scam pages. You're breaching copyright on this and claiming to be Facebook. Now, Facebook can't even control that, which is basically they're they're impersonating Facebook. If they can't even stop Mm. that, I mean, what hope have they got of stopping COVID misinformation?
0: Coming up. A whistleblower lifts the lid on some of Facebook's darkest secrets. And will the company be able to take over the metaverse? Okay, we all know how big Facebook is. It's absolutely enormous as a company. And the power it exerts can be pretty frightening. We've seen how it just hoovered up companies like Instagram and WhatsApp. And it's also been accused of being a monopoly. Can you tell us a little bit about those accusations and how the company has responded to them?
3: Well, I suppose I'd say straight off, Facebook obviously denies that it's a monopoly.
0: Is there an alternative to Facebook in the private sector? Uh, yes, Senator.
1: The average American uses eight different apps okay. to communicate with their friends and stay in touch with people, okay. ranging from texting is apps the, to is email. to the same to,
0: service you provide? Well, we is, provide
1: a number of different services. Is
0: Twitter the same as what you do?
1: It overlaps with a portion don't of what we You don't think you have a monopoly? Uh, It certainly doesn't feel like that to me. Okay.
3: (laughs) But if you look at the figures, there's more than 3 billion people use some form of Facebook-owned property. So whether it's Instagram, WhatsApp, or Facebook itself. Facebook has been known to hoover up companies, but also when they can't buy a company, they have imitated, I suppose, the most popular elements of it. So for a long time, Snapchat was being kind of touted as this could be the Facebook killer because it was attracting young people. It was, you know, the fact that they had disappearing messages and it wasn't this, you know, sharing scatter going out to everybody. It was targeted privacy, that kind of thing. And then Facebook did Instagram stories and Facebook stories. And is anybody talking about Snapchat being a, a competitor to Facebook anymore? There's there's a few elements to it. I mean, not only can, you know, they have massive buying powers, they can buy up these companies. Uh, they also have this massive infrastructure and a fairly hefty purse. So when, you know, when they just say they're going to pay people for content and content is the lifeblood of, of social media, you know, I mean, you kind of sit up and take notice. Why would you, if you're going to get paid for creating content on Facebook, why would you go elsewhere? You know, there is an argument that Facebook is a monopoly and there have been moves in the US. There's been a, a case filed. Um, I think the original one was, was rejected, but they filed a, a second one basically arguing that it's monopolistic and that it needs, you know, there's been talk about breaking up big tech. So whether that's Google or Facebook, big tech is kind of in the, the firing line for politicians in the US. So, you know, they're going to have to argue their case as to why they shouldn't be broken up. When it comes to something like the metaverse, Facebook announced it was going to employ 10,000 people in the EU alone to work on building their part of the metaverse. And the metaverse, the whole idea is that it's not supposed to be owned by one person or one company. So it won't be a Facebook owned thing, but they will have an inordinate amount of power because they have the resources to build it. You know, it's very difficult for a smaller social network, an upstart social network like Facebook would have been at one point, to come in now and to get a get a, a kind of a, a foothold with people because people will be where their friends are. If your friends are on Facebook, you're going to stay there.
0: Recent revelations brought to light from whistleblower Francis Haugen, a former data scientist at Facebook, has led to what may be the most threatening scandal in the company's history.
2: I joined Facebook because I think. Facebook has the potential to bring out the best in us. But I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children, stoke division and weaken our democracy.
0: Earlier this month, Haugen testified before a US Senate subcommittee, providing a clear and detailed glimpse inside the notoriously secretive tech giant. She said Facebook sows division and undermines democracy in pursuit of breakneck growth and profits.
2: The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people.
0: One document leaked by Haugen said Facebook researchers had found that teenagers, especially young girls, can experience damage to their mental health and body image after using its products. Haugen said Facebook's own research shows it knows that it harms children but it does nothing about
2: it. The documents I have provided to Congress prove that Facebook has repeatedly misled the public about what its own research reveals about the safety of children, the efficacy of its artificial intelligence systems, and its role in spreading divisive and extreme messages. We can afford nothing less than full transparency. As long as Facebook is operating in the shadows, hiding its research from public scrutiny, it is unaccountable. Until the incentives change, Facebook
0: will not change. Kira, the congressional testimony of Francis Haugen is being described as a potential watershed moment. How has Facebook responded to these allegations?
3: Facebook has obviously gone on the offence of saying that they weren't ignoring stuff like this, you know, that these documents are a small number of thousands and thousands and thousands of documents that they, they have internally that things like this aren't being ignored. They're denying a lot of the, the whistleblower claims mm. and kind of saying, look, she only worked there for a little while. It's one person, you know, her in, uh, interactions with people, you know, weren't quite what they're being made out to be, that kind of thing. So basically they're defending themselves. They're denying the allegations. I would be more surprised, to be honest, if, if they said, yeah, look, hands up, you got us.
0: So Kira, just how much damage is Facebook doing to our world? And is it getting worse?
3: Facebook has been compared to tobacco companies in that they know themselves, the damage that they're doing, but they continue on. I'm not sure if that is fair or proportionate, but if this is how your company is being seen, there is something fundamentally at fault here that has to be fixed. And maybe it's a reliance on algorithms. Maybe it's just a lack of foresight. I don't know.
0: The cynics out there might suggest that Facebook has had at least one eye on all of these different controversies in deciding that it needs to rebrand. What do you reckon the future has in store for Facebook?
3: I think if Facebook gets where it wants to with this whole metaverse thing, um, I mean... It's kind of a bit of crystal ball gazing, really, isn't it? Because we don't actually have the metaverse at the moment. Uh, Facebook at the moment is still one company with Instagram and WhatsApp. I mean, you're looking at a future where possibly you know, if moves in the US progress the way that some people want them to, that, that Facebook could have, could be broken up into separate companies. Will they then have the firepower to create what they want with this metaverse idea? Who knows is the answer there really. And I know that's not exactly helpful, but if you go back like 10, 15 years, did you think we'd be at a point where Facebook has this amount of power in society and this amount of an effect on people? You know, I don't think anybody would have seen, I mean, we were kind of seen as another Bebo or, or Friendster, which we all know how they went. I mean, these things were just, they're, they're kind of cyclical. You know, they they fell into favour and they fell out of favour. And I think all of those predictions that Facebook would be killed off have gone away. Or basically, we've got to a point now where it should have been gone by now. It's like when people say, you know, media is dead, mainstream media is dead, you know. And yet, you know, things 20 years later, things are still as they were. If Facebook gets its way, it'll put some distance between itself and the the kind of the toxic company allegations. If it is to succeed with the whole metaverse thing, it needs to do that because nobody is going to, going forward, hand over that amount of information on themselves and data and that amount of control over their personal, private and work lives to a company that has a bad reputation. But likewise, people also have short memories. You know, with the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, that really should have finished off Facebook. We should all have been deleting our accounts at that point. I think to be successful in the future, and as successful as it has been in the past, they need this metaverse, because this is generally being seen as the future of the internet. But the caveat is it has to persuade people that it will keep their information private and it has to persuade regulators that this will not be a massive concentration of power in the hands of one private company. That latter one may be more difficult to convince people of because you know there is such a swell against Facebook at the moment at that level, particularly in the US. But we'll see where we are in two years' time.
0: That's it for today. Thanks to Kira O'Brien for talking to us and maybe thanks for just a little bit less for introducing me to Facebook more than 15 years ago. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.